Amen. How many of you were here this morning? How many of you were not here this morning? Where were you? No, it's none of my business. I'm just glad you're here tonight. Praise God. Amen. So if you were not here this morning, then I obviously don't have time to go back and talk about everything we covered. But we will go back to 1 Kings, which we went to this morning, one of the references we went to. Chapter 17. And we had as our theme in the service this morning, or as our theme for the message, that what we do first matters to God. What we do first this year will determine whether or not we experience the maximum and the highest level attainable. That was our theme in the message this morning. And here we find in 1 Kings 17, beginning in verse 10, the Lord had commanded, God had commanded the prophet to go to Zarephath. And he said, and behold, there is a widow woman there, and uh, she will sustain thee. It says in verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch thee, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. So notice... She needed a miracle in her life just like the prophet did. Amen. Remember, first of all, he was at the brook Tirith, and God sustained him there. The ravens brought him food. But then when the brook dried up, God said, now go to this woman. I have commanded her to sustain thee. I like knowing that God's always a step ahead of us. But when he got there, it looked like God had missed it. Because this woman is about to eat the last cake she has, or the last little bit she has, and then she and her son are going to die. But God never misses it. Amen? So I wrote down in my notes, and well, let me read this next verse first. It says, And Elijah said, verse 13, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. As she's already told him, I have just enough for me and the boy. We're going to eat it and die. It sounds like he didn't pay any attention to her. No, he knows that God told him that this widow woman will sustain thee. He's trusting God. Amen. And so in obedience to God, she, he tells her, go do what you said but before you do it, make me a little cake first. And then afterwards, make you and your son a cake. So he's already thinking about results from her obedience. Amen. Can you see that? And then it says, and as she went, in verse 15, and did, according to the saying of Elijah, she and he 
and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. So I wrote in my notes for this service tonight that when she went and did, she proved the genuineness of her faith by her actions. Faith is proved by corresponding actions. It's not just words out of your mouth, even though that is a vital part of it. Faith speaketh. Amen. Faith speaketh. But at the same time, faith without corresponding actions is void of power. So it's not enough just to talk it. It's not enough for us to just go around saying, this is my year for the maximum and the highest level attainable. That's the starting point. You need to be talking it. But without corresponding actions, then the Bible says your faith is void of power. Can you say amen? We'll get to that in the book of James here in just a minute. In fact, let's go right now. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Now remember the words in 1 Kings 17. She went and did. She went and did. She proved the genuineness of her faith by her actions. Now in James chapter 2 and verse 22. Am I in the right place? Yes. Speaking of Abraham, the father of faith, it says, And Abraham, our father, was justified by works. Now, there's another translation that changes the word works to corresponding actions. And so when I'm reading James and several other scriptures that we'll go to, uh, I'll, I'll mention the King James works but I'm going to add to it corresponding actions. Amen. Because I don't want you to confuse doing good works is going to give you points with God. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. It's corresponding actions. Amen. So I'm going to use that phrase whenever I see the word works. So we'll begin doing that right now. Was not Abraham our father justified by corresponding actions? When he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. So notice, God had told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. And you know, at a later point, God asked him to offer his son Isaac. And without any hesitation, Abraham took his son. Now, you know, somewhere between, you know, 17 years old or thereby, they're close by. And he takes the son to the mountain where God had told him to offer him. And when they're on their way up the mountain, Isaac said, Father, we have the fire, we have the wood, where's the lamb? So apparently Isaac was familiar with his father offering sacrifices because he knew what was required. The fire, the wood, the lamb. And Abraham said to him, my son, God will provide. Okay, and then they went on up the mountain. And then we see at some point, Abraham tells his son to get on the altar. They built the altar and he tells his son to get on the altar. And he straps him to it and raises his knife prepared to slay him 
in faith because he'd already been told by God that this seed will produce a mighty nation. And dead boys can't produce mighty nations. And the book of Hebrews says that Abraham saw all this in a figure or a vision. He saw it before it ever happened. So that's the reason why he did not hesitate. So the Bible is telling us here that not only through faith, but with corresponding actions. And then this is the point I want to reach. It says, through faith and corresponding actions, his faith reached supreme expression. That's what the Amplified Bible says. His faith reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by his corresponding actions. So notice just going around saying, I'm going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to be the father of many nations was not enough. That was the starting point. There had to be corresponding actions. Because faith without corresponding actions, James tells us, is void of power. So for you and I to go around saying this year, even though it's what God has told us, I mean, how many of you believe I've heard from God? I believe I've heard of God. <laughs> Amen. I don't, I, don't, I don't say things. I learned my lesson about that a long, long time ago. I said many, many years ago, one morning in a service, God said to me, and I began to tell the people what I thought God said, and he just interrupted me while I'm talking. He said, I didn't say that. I said, you didn't? I mean, just spirit to spirit, the people don't know I'm talking to God. I just stopped and I said, you didn't? He said, no, I didn't say that. That's what you think about it. He said, tell them I didn't say that. Well, Lord, I've already told them that you did. I said, well, what do they think of me if I tell them that you didn't say that? He said, they'll think highly of you being honest. So I said, folks, uh, what I just said I thought it was God, but he's corrected me and said, that was not what he said. It's what I thought. And I apologize. And I promise you, I will never say, thus saith the Lord again, if I'm not completely sure that I've heard what God said. So I learned my lesson about that. I don't just blurt out something. You know, it's very popular these days to be a prophet. And there's some that are self-appointed. God had nothing to do with it. They just decided, hey, I think I'll be a prophet because there's everybody's prophet. And you notice how these, many of them, not all of them, some of them are genuine. But did you notice how competitive they've got? I've been in some circles where a prophet stands up and prophesies. And then another one who says he's a prophet stands up and tries to one-up him. That's foolishness. You say, well, how do we know if it's a true prophet? It'll come to pass if it's a true prophet. Amen. So I'm very careful about saying publicly, the Lord said to me, the Lord told me. And when I said to you back in October that the Lord said to me during my prayer time, that this will be a year for the maximum and the highest level attainable, I haven't had God say, I didn't say that. That's what you thought. So apparently I heard from God. Not only that, but it's already working for me. Praise God. Amen. 
How many of you last year, 2022, experienced the hand of God? Wasn't that the word the Lord gave us for 2022? That if we will not be moved by all the chaos and all the disorder that's happening in the world around us, we will experience the open hand of God, which is symbolic of supernatural provision. How many of you experienced supernatural provision in some way? Well, look, there's most of you got your hands up, praise God. So, once again, this year, the word of the Lord for us is that it will be a year for the maximum and the highest level attainable. So I'm going there. That's what I'm believing. That's what I'm expecting. That's why I'm talking it, and I've got my corresponding actions lining up with it. Amen. So how do I how do I put corresponding actions to my saying that this is my year for the maximum and it's my year for the highest level attainable? How do I put my corresponding actions to it? By sowing seed toward it. Amen. Now I don't have the time tonight, but I the Lord led me in a study several years ago. And I was able to preach it in in Anaheim, California, in one of the Believers' Conventions, where I had a week to cover this subject, a service every day for a week. And I pointed out in that meeting, uh, as the Lord had pointed out to me, that in every major breakthrough and every major miracle in the Bible, there was always a seed sown first before the miracle of the breakthrough came. And I, I went through... Many of the stories in the Bible where there were major breakthroughs. And some of them, there's no mention of a seed sown. And the Lord showed me what the seed was. For instance, that little woman with the issue of blood. Well, Brother Jerry, I don't see anywhere where she sowed a seed. Oh, she did. Under Levitical law, that issue of blood, she was unclean. And uh, under Levitical law, she was not allowed to come into a crowd with that disease. So her seed was her very life. Amen. She was willing to lay her life on the line. That was her seed. And the Bible says, and her faith made her whole. Notice her faith and corresponding actions. The Bible says, when she heard that Jesus was in her village, she said, I will but touch his clothes and I shall be made whole. That was her faith confession. But she didn't stay home and say, if I could touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Boy, if I could touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Man, if I could only touch his clothes, I will be made whole. She went and did. She added corresponding actions to it. Sowed her seed. Her seed was her very life. She could have been stoned. But... The Bible says, Jesus told her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Her faith reached supreme expression. Amen. Just confession alone is not enough. That's the starting point. But if you want your faith to reach supreme expression, there must be corresponding actions. And you say, amen. Now, there was a seed sown where Jairus was concerned as well in the same story. Remember, Jairus came to Jesus first before the little woman with the issue of blood. He said, my daughter lieth at home sick and at the point of death. Jesus said, I'll come and heal her. Now, at that time, 
Jesus was not the most popular figure among religious people. And the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, came to him and said, Come lay your hands on my little daughter that she might be healed. Jesus started in that direction. And then this little woman stopped him by reaching out and touching his clothes. And Jesus turned and said, who touched me? Who touched me? The Bible indicates there was a crowd of people, perhaps thousands of people. The disciples were amazed at his question. Who touched me? Who touched you? Uh, People are all around you trying to touch you. He said, and in one translation I read, this a paraphrase, says, no, this was a different touch. It was the touch of faith. Someone's made a demand on my ability. And when he turned, he saw the little woman and she was fearing and trembling. Why? Because when he brought attention to her, she knew that the man... Jairus was the one who could give the order, stone this woman. Not only that, she interrupted his miracle. When she touched Jesus' garment, it stopped him. Jairus had to turn around and see why he stopped. And he's the man that could have given the order, stone this woman. She's unclean. She doesn't belong in this crowd. But her faith made her whole. And then a messenger came to Jairus and said, Don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. Jesus turned and said, Fear not. Only believe. I I, I read one paraphrase translation years ago. And it said, Jesus turned to Jairus and said, Fear not. I'll take care of this. I'll be with you in just a moment. Daughter... Your faith has made you hope. Let's go, Jairus. I love that. Praise God. Isn't that good? Amen. Now, what was the seed? And of course, you know the end of the story. Jesus raised his daughter from the dead. But what was the seed Jairus sowed? His position as a priest. His position. I mean, they could have jerked his, his, his papers away from him. You know, where did he live? Somewhere near the synagogue. They could have taken his housing allowance from him. But he sowed the seed. He, he, he put his reputation, his job, and perhaps his future on the line for his miracle. That was his seed. There's always a seed involved in great breakthroughs. Thank you for your enthusiasm. There's always a seed involved in great breakthroughs. <clears throat> To ask God for a breakthrough and be unwilling to sow a seed is, is likely, more than likely, to produce nothing. Amen. Are you still with me? All right, now, let's notice, once again, James chapter 2 and verse 22 from the Amplified, talking about Abraham, his faith reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by his corresponding actions. Amen. Then let's look at how the Amplified says it. Faith apart, and the Amplified says good works, but I'll use the phrase corresponding actions. Faith apart 
from corresponding actions is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. Wow, that's pretty plain, isn't it? Faith apart from corresponding actions is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. Now, I have a question for you. What corresponding actions are you willing to do tonight to ensure that your 2023 will be a year for the maximum and a year for the highest level attainable? Amen. Because once again, it's not enough just to go around confessing it. What corresponding actions are you willing to do to demonstrate, to show God the proof of your faith? Amen. Tonight is your opportunity to prove the genuineness of your faith, just like that little woman in 1 Kings 17 was given the opportunity to demonstrate the genuineness of her faith. It's your will. It's your night to go and do. It's your night to, as you went. Look at your neighbor and say, it's my night to, as I went. <laughs> Look at somebody else and tell them, it's my night to, as I went. Okay. Now, notice in, in this story about that woman. What God asked her to do in the natural seemed foolish. Because she's already told the prophet, I only have enough for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. And God told the prophet to tell her, uh, make me a little cake first. And she was willing to obey. Show the genuineness of her faith. Sometimes what God asks us to do seems foolish. Amen. When you don't have much and God asks you to sow some, that seems foolish. Well, God, wait until I have more and then talk to me about sowing some. And as we said this morning, if you wait for all the conditions to be perfect before you sow, it's not likely they'll ever be perfect. Some of the greatest breakthroughs that Carol and I have experienced, not only personally, but in our ministry, have come when the conditions were not perfect. It seems like to me, every time the conditions are not perfect, that's when God tells me to sow the most. And I got this testimony. God has never, ever let me down. Never. Never let me down. Hallelujah. So... Once again, sometimes uh, what God asks us to do may seem foolish. Some of you may have even had the devil tell you, you know, it's foolish for you to sow a seed tonight. After all, you don't know what's going to be coming down the road tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to need that seed tomorrow. What if a crisis happens and you just sowed and you don't have enough to take care of the crisis? Well, if you're hearing thoughts like that, then obviously it's the devil. Because God would never say something like that to you. Amen. So if you've had thoughts like that, and it seems foolish for you to sow, let me remind you that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, 
But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen. I remember years ago when we were uh, building a medical facility in the nation of Kenya. And I was believing God to pay cash for it as we built it. And up to this point, we had been able to successfully do that. And Oral Roberts, was uh, his ministry was going to supply it with medical equipment and doctors and nurses who had graduated from ORU. And so Brother Roberts and I were going over there to dedicate it. And before we went, uh, my director there said, there's still things we have to do. The government is requiring, and it's going to cost an extra several thousand dollars to get it done. Well, in the natural, I didn't have any more money that was designated for that project. We had money but it was already designated for other projects and I couldn't use it for this one because that's what the IRS calls misappropriating funds. And if they catch you doing that as a nonprofit organization, they'll shut you down or they'll take your, you know, take your uh, nonprofit status away from you. So I couldn't, I didn't have extra money to do that. And so... Uh, I told my director, well, God's taken care of us up to now, and he's not going to let us down. And as soon as it happens, uh, as soon as the rest of that money comes in, I'll be wiring it to you. So just expect it. Amen. Amen. So that night, I had to fly to Tulsa to preach in a conference with Oral Roberts. On the way up there, I'm sitting in the back of my airplane, and on the way up there, The Lord said, now when you get to Tulsa, there'll be five ministers that are about to leave the ministry. And they all said, and they were in different parts of the country. They all said, if we don't get a word from God tonight, we're through, we're quitting. He said, give each one of them, call them up and give each one of them one of your suits. I said, okay. So, We flew a little further and I said, God, what about that need I have? He said, when you get to Tulsa, there'll be a couple, an elderly couple that have a ministry of distributing food to the poor in their community. And they've been asking me for a new van. Theirs is worn out, a new van so that they can distribute this food. He said, you just bought two new vans. Give them one of your vans. I said, okay. So we flew a little further. I said, God, what about my need? He said, when you get to Tulsa, there'll be a preacher that I want you to say these words to him. He told me what to say. And then he said, and give him your briefcase and have, I believe it was $500 put in the briefcase and give it to him. I said, okay, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. I said, every time I talk to you about my need, you talk to me about a seed. He said, you got it. That was a revelation. Every time you talk to God about a need, he'll talk to you about a seed. Okay, I'm going to try on this side of the auditorium. Every time you talk to God about a need, he will talk to you about a seed. Amen. So I, I did exactly what the Lord told me to do. And, and I called up those five preachers, and miraculously, they were all my size. Not one tall one in the bunch. Thank God there wasn't an Eric that came up. 
It'd have been like that preacher in Kenya that, that he wanted one of my suits. That man was six foot tall. He said, I want Dr. Savelli's suit. Because I'd given all our preachers, remember that Joe, there was about what, 18 or 20. I took everyone on one of my suits. But this one guy, he's, he's six foot tall. I said, now I don't have a suit that'll fit you, but I'll take you to Nairobi and buy you a suit. No, I want Dr. Savelli's suit. I said, it's too small. He said, I want your suit. Anointing in your suit. I gave him one of my suits. He came to the service that night with a pants way up here and the sleeves way up here, smiling, beaming like a possum, you know. <laughs> he wanted Dr. Savelli's suit. Amen. So, all five of these men, I laid hands on them, prayed for them. I said, as soon as I get home, I'll send you the suit. Give me your address. And I might add, the last time I heard from them, they were still in the ministry. And that's a long time ago. Back in the 80s, 85 or 86. And then I, I called a couple up that needed the, the van. They, they came up crying. I said, uh, I have two new vans that we just purchased for the ministry. And the Lord told me that one of them belongs to you. So come to Fort Worth and we'll fill it up with fuel and we'll give you the title deed and you can drive it back. They were from up in Iowa, I believe. You can drive it back home. And they did. And then I gave the man the briefcase with the $500 and prayed for him. So I got in my airplane and flew home. Okay. So far, I've talked to God about needs and I've given away five suits, a van, and a briefcase for $500. Now, many people would say, what about me? <laughs> what about me? But praise God, God has never let me down. I mean, we had some major breakthroughs. Now, some of you won't believe this, but it happened. There was a man chased me down in Miami, Florida and gave me 30 suits. 30 suits. And he said, and that's not all, Brother Jerry. There's 30 more coming uh, a little later. That man over a period of time gave me 60 suits. You can't wear 60 suits in a lifetime. And that's where those suits that I gave those, those Kenyan pastors, that's where they came from. I gave, I took every one of them, uh, not, not all the suits, but I gave most of them to those pastors in Kenya. And then I distributed to others, brother Harold Nichols. Any of you remember Harold Nichols? He was my pastor. And, and I told Brother Nichols, I said, in 1981, I told Brother Nichols, Brother Nichols, you will never have to buy another suit as long as you live, unless you just want to. I will furnish your suits for you for the rest of your life. And I did. Every time I'd get a new suit, his wife Lou, she'd, not, she'd recognize it as a new suit because they were on our board. They were around us all the time. And every time I'd get a new suit, brother, uh, Sister Lou would come up and say, Oh, Brother Jerry. Brother Harold's going to look good in that one. <laughs> and then she'd say, you're just the right side. Don't you get fat now. Don't you, get in, don't you gain any weight. You're just the right side. And Brother Harold got my suits. And now Brother Harold's in heaven and Justin gets my suits. Hallelujah. And some others. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't outgive God. In fact, I was looking in my closet tonight. Wondering, what am I going to wear to the service tonight? I can remember when I moved to Fort Worth, I had one suit. I didn't have to pray about which one I'd wear. 
I had one suit. And it had been bought for me before I left Shreveport in a rummage sale. It was double-breasted, 100% wool. We moved here in the summertime. It was old. It smelled. And one night I was watching the Untouchables on TV, and Al Capone was wearing that suit. (laughs) Or one just like it. That's the only suit I had. And when I was traveling, Brother Copeland, we'd go. We, we didn't go for a night. We went three weeks. And I had one suit. Three services a day and one suit. And I was able finally to buy some shirts and ties, you know, different shirts and ties. And I'd change them up, make it look like I had a whole wardrobe. And then some days I'd wear just the slacks and the shirt and the tie to the service. Then that night I'd put on a different shirt and a different tie and add the coat to it. One suit, one suit, look in my closet. What am I going to wear tonight? No choice. One suit. And now I looked in that closet. I thought, dear Lord, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And I've given suits away all over the world. Amen. I can't wear all the clothes God blesses me with. That's the reason I sold. Somebody's, somebody can wear them. In fact, my grandson Dylan back there, he's getting a lot of stuff now, aren't you, Dylan? Amen. Yeah, he's got one on right now. A shirt. And I just found out my grandson Kai, he wears the same size shoes that I wear. And that won't last long because he's, he's growing real tall and he'll outgrow my shoes. And, uh, but at least I got one grandson that can wear my shoes. Amen. So I just tell them, come on over and look around in the closet and see if there's anything you want. You know what my granddaughters want more than anything else? My Harley Davidson sweatshirts. And my Indian motorcycle sweatshirts. Papa, you know what we want for Christmas? I said, yeah, well, I got, I got some plans for you, Christmas. We want your sweatshirts. And they don't want them clean. They want to wear them where they could smell Papa in them. And they're, they're long on them, especially Madison. Dear Lord, she's only about this tall. It looks like she's wearing a miniskirt. But that's what she wants. So I just, I just enjoy giving. I love giving. I love sowing. I love blessing people. And I've never been able to outgive God. So every time I have a need, I think sow seed. Because that's what God taught me. He said... Don't be need-minded, be seed-minded. Don't be need-minded, become seed-minded. Can you say amen? amen? So tonight is your opportunity to prove the genuineness of your faith in this prophetic word coming to pass in your life. This is your night to went and do. Go and do. Amen. Don't listen to the devil. Amen. God has promised to supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, very quickly, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I love this. This is what I was born to do. 
Luke chapter 17, and let's begin in verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Why were they standing afar off? They had leprosy, and they weren't allowed in the village. Under Levitical law, they could have been stoned if they got in that crowd in the village. So they're standing afar off, okay? And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. Now talking about foolish things that God will have you do sometimes. Doesn't this sound foolish? They're not allowed to go show themselves to the priest. They have leprosy. They could have been stoned. But see, God calleth things that be not as though they were. He's seeing the end result. Amen. And the Bible says, follow it with me. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice their faith along with their corresponding actions produced their breakthrough. Amen. Now, one of them experienced maximum and the highest level attainable. All ten of them were cleansed the moment they started going toward the priest. Amen. The Bible confirms that. They were all clean. In fact, Jesus, when one came back, Jesus asked his disciples, weren't they all cleansed? Keep reading it. Weren't they all cleansed? But only this one has come back, fell at Jesus' feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said unto him, now your faith has made you whole. W-H-O-L-E. That means that all the other nine were cleansed. They no longer had the leprosy, but they still had the effects of it. Amen. This man, he experienced the maximum and the highest level attainable because his faith made him whole and he had no indication, no signs that he ever had leprosy. His skin was just as perfect. Amen. He was made whole. He reached the ultimate, the maximum, and the highest level attainable. And notice how he did it. Not only with faith, but corresponding actions. You know, there's, there's a, a, a very powerful principle in this story. That, that it's important that as you went, corresponding actions... And then when you get results, make sure you come back and give God the praise for it. Amen. Give God the praise for it. Hallelujah. In fact, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever had a miracle from God? Has anybody ever had a breakthrough? Anybody had a a financial breakthrough? No matter how long ago it was, why don't we just praise God again for it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father, for being so good. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for being the good God that you are. Hallelujah. And it came to pass as they went. Notice corresponding actions. Now notice it does not say, and he cleansed them first and then told them to go show yourself to the priest. No. He told them to go show yourself to the priest first. See, what you do first matters to God. Go show yourself to the priest. And then they were cleansed. Hallelujah. So did this sound foolish? Probably to the majority. But to these men, because they were desperate for a miracle, they were willing to do what other people thought would be foolishness. Amen. Sometimes you just have to break away from the crowd. And what other people think is foolishness, you do because you know that this is what God told you to do. And you believe that God will cause you to have an afterwards. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Now, let's go back to the book of James for a moment. James chapter 2. And let's look at verse 18. And remember, when you see the word works, we're going to substitute it for corresponding actions. James two, eighteen. Well, let's back up to verse 17. That's an important verse too. Even so faith, if it hath not corresponding actions, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have corresponding actions. Show me thy faith without thy corresponding actions and I will show thee my faith by my corresponding actions. Okay, the message translation says faith and corresponding faith and works. The message says, but I'm substituting that for corresponding actions, faith and corresponding actions, corresponding actions and faith fit together hand in glove. You can't have one without the other. If you want to break through, can you say amen? Amen. So let's let's go back. And let me go back to some notes that I wrote down uh, way back in the first week of December. Never underestimate the power and the potential of a seed sown. Never underestimate the power and the potential of a seed sown. The ability to experience breakthroughs in your life is within the seeds that you're willing to sow. You may not presently have all that you need, but you do have the seed that will make it happen. You're never without seed. Never without seed. There have been some times when I said, Lord, I don't have any money. He said, that's not the only seed. Money can be a seed. And the Bible certainly shows that in the book of Galatians, 2 Corinthians, that our finances can become seed. But sometimes when you don't even have the finances, that doesn't mean you don't have seed. Amen. You know, there have been times when I have... have, uh, I remember one time I, I, I bought 
uh, uh, a, a nice uh, pair of slacks and a sweater. And before I even wore them, I was believing God for a financial breakthrough. I said, but Lord, I don't have any, I don't have any money to sow. He said, but you're not without seed. I said, what seed I have? He said, how about that new sweater and slacks? (laughs) I wanted to say, is there anybody else up there I'd like to talk to? I mean, I hadn't even worn them yet. Now, wouldn't that be a whole lot better than, uh, okay, Lord, I'll go in my closet and look in the very back at that old sweater and that old pair of slacks I never did like anyway, and then I'll sew that. You know what that'll produce? A hundredfold of sweaters and slacks you don't like. (laughs) Amen. So he said, you do have seed. You're never without seed, son, because I've promised the sower will never be without seed. So you may not have money to sow, but you do have something. If nothing else, you can go to somebody else in need and say, I want to agree with you in prayer. That's all the seed I have right now. And I want to agree with you in prayer. Or it could be just walk up to somebody and say, sir, I know you're going through a tough time, but I just want you to know I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm standing with you. That may be the only seed you have at the moment. Just a kind word or, or a, a, a prayer. Now, you know, it could be God tell you, go mow your neighbor's yard. Don't say, get thee behind me, Satan. That could have been God revealing to you, you do have a seed. Amen. All right, now, you may not presently have all that you need, but you are never without the seed that will produce it. Amen. It's been said, a seed has the potential and the power to influence every aspect of our lives. Spiritually, physically, financially, and socially. All will be governed by the seeds that you have sown. This principle I learned, seed time and harvest were ordained by God as a means of ensuring that you and I will continually experience increase in our lives. Amen. In fact, the kingdom of God is likened to a seed, Jesus said. So the kingdom of God is uh, is based on seeds. You can't find miracles in the Bible where there's not a seed involved. So, my question to you is this tonight. Are you ready to went and did? (laughs) Are you ready ready to add some corresponding actions to your confession of faith that this year will be a year for the maximum and the, the, the year of the highest level attainable? I have this question for you as well. Do you believe that God wants your 2023 to be a year for the maximum and a year for the highest level attainable? Do you believe that? Praise God. And then are you willing to show the genuineness of your faith with your corresponding actions? If so, 
then get ready to go and do. Because that's all that's left. Amen? Now, I want to give you some updates. Because the seed that you're sowing tonight is going to go into the building program. This is the first seed that we've asked you to sow this year to go toward the building program. And remember, what you do first matters to God. Now, we've, we've prepared a, a video, but it's not, it's not a, a, a major production. It's just something to be able to show you some things. So I want uh, that video to be shown. You do have the video back there, right? Okay. All right, now, back it up and do it slower. <laughs> All right. If, 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 can you stop it when I say stop? Okay, back up from the beginning. Stop. All right, those are the first two buildings that we've already constructed. They've already been built. They are for storage and maintenance. These two buildings were primarily built for JSMI, Jerusalem Ministries International. The building that is facing you, go to the next uh, little bit there. The building that's facing us, hold it right there. That is housing both of the trucks and trailers for the Chariots of Light Christian Bikers, which one of them we take on all of our, our, our rallies. The other one is taken to nearly every major secular bike rally in the country. Sturgis, South Dakota. Uh, 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 what do they call it? Daytona bike, week. San, uh, bike Week Daytona, the one in South Texas. Galveston. Lone Star, Lone Star Rally. We send, major, uh, we send teams to every major secular rally here in the U.S. And some of our members in uh, Canada go to some of the secular rallies there as well. Now, we have kept, an, we have kept a record. Uh, Cherisolite this year will be 25 years that we began that ministry, 25 years ago. In fact, uh, in fact, just in a, uh, a few months, we will retrace the very first tour in Northern California that we made when we began the Chariots of Light. Okay? Now, since 25 years of Chariots of Light, we only started keeping a record of the salvations 20 years ago. And up to now, there's been... 494,000 people come to Christ through Chariots of Light alone. Amen. Amen. That's, that's half a million people that those trucks go to minister to. And that's what that building is housing. Now, there's a back portion of that building that's for maintenance and so forth. Okay. Now, if we can show the other building a little bit. Okay, that's going to take you inside that building, show you those trucks and trailers. Those travel all over America. Yeah, amen. And they're first class. In fact, when we go to Daytona, we park them right up there with the big boys. In fact, sometimes in Sturgis, they allow us to set up our tent right next door to the Harley Davidson dealership. 
Everybody visits the Harley Davidson dealership. Amen. It's not uncommon for our team to win as many as 6,000 people in uh, Sturgis, South Dakota during that week of, of, of uh, secular rallies. Amen. Now, this building, you can stop there. This building is also a storage facility for JSMI, for equipment and uh, things that, that we need uh, for future rallies and so forth. And, and, and there's just a lot of stuff you, you accumulate over the years that some of it we don't need and we store it until we find somebody that does need it and sow it into their ministries and so forth. Okay. Now, if you'll keep rolling there, that's those storage buildings. And these are built and paid for. Okay. Now stop right there. Right to my right here. How many of you are familiar with the barn that's back here? Okay, we've sold that property and, and we had to be out everything out of there. I mean, that's, that's been our storage for years for the church and for JSMI and for Chariots of Light. And now we have to be out of that by the end of this month. So that's the reason we had to get these buildings built so that we've sold that land. By the way, what we got for that land is what paid for these buildings. Amen. That's what paid for these buildings. Now, you'll notice the iron and sheet metal laying in front. That's the next building going up. Okay? That's the next building going up, which we will begin in the next couple of weeks. And it'll be another building just like that. But here's what this one will look like. And this one is strictly for heritage of faith storage. And I'll show you what it's going to look like. It's coming. That's it. That's, that's the metal building that will be in front of that long building that was facing us. It will be built right in the front, and that's what it will look like. And then that way, uh, everything that needs to be stored regarding heritage of faith, that's where it will all be stored. Tables. You know, everything that, that we use for banquets and all of that. And now everything is going to be on one piece of property where the new church will be built just up and up further up the, the road there. Okay. So everything will be on one piece of property. Then JSMI International Headquarters will be right across the street from it as it is now. So we'll be all together. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Take a look at that. Now, tonight, the seed that you sow. Now, this building, that, that, that uh, metal, iron, and, and, and roofing, and sides, and all that, that's already paid for. Okay? Now, the construction begins. So, the seed that you sow tonight, because I don't want to take money out of the auditorium money that we have accumulated. So the seed that you sow tonight is going toward the heritage of faith storage. 
Amen. And we're going to begin construction on that in the next couple of weeks. And that's what's going to pay for the construction of it. Hallelujah. So stretch your hands out toward that and say, Lord, I've got a part in this. I'm sowing my seed so that that will come to pass. That's my corresponding actions to believing that this year will be my year for the maximum and the highest level attainable. And give the Lord a shout in advance. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you some figures here. And these are not exact because our accounting department is closing. They're busy. They're swamped. They're up to their eyeballs closing out the year for 2022 because I have my board meets uh, and we have to have all that together by the time our board meeting takes place. So these are not exacts, but they're close. Okay, approximate. Now, the sale of the land all around the ministry. You've noticed all this stuff going on around us here. We, we owned that previously. And we've sold all that so that we can put the money in the new auditorium. And the sale of that was about... million that we were able to put toward the new auditorium. That's in reserve. It's in the bank. Not the bank, but in reserve. Okay. Then we got another, Scott, was it 750,000 for the property? Scott in here? Yeah. I believe it's 750,000 for the property over here where the barn and the house is. And that's what we put into those buildings. Okay, so we didn't have to take anything from what we had designated for the new auditorium. You, the members of this church, you sold last year $887,577 into the building program. Okay. And then many of our JSMI partners wanted to get involved and they sold another approximately $425,000. Amen. So that gave us a total of $3.3 million to go toward the new auditorium. Now, we have spent, or we sold out of that money, a hundred and fifty-three thousand. A hundred thousand of it was to Richard Roberts because he's involved in building the new headquarters for Roberts Evangelistic Association, his father's ministry that Richard took over after Brother Roberts went to heaven. So I consider that good soil. Amen. Amen. And we've sowed basically from what the JSMI partners sowed into us. We've taken a hundred thousand dollars from that and another fifty three thousand that we've sown into other ministry building programs because every seed produces after its own kind. 
the planning for what we've done with these other buildings was approximately $29,000. The storage buildings themselves, the first two, we paid uh, roughly $65,000 for. And then that doesn't include the construction of them and all the costs there. So the total expense was approximately $247,000, which leaves a balance to go toward the building fund of $3,064,000. $3,064,909. That's in the building fund right now. Now, I'm believing for $5 million before we start breaking ground for that new building. So I'm believing that's going to come in here soon. Now, the planning of the buildings, Carolyn is still looking at various other churches and designs. We haven't, we haven't completed that yet. And she's looking and got scheduled to look at some here in the very near future, the next few weeks. And we decided this. Now, Carolyn came up with a beautiful, beautiful church, a design. And since she's learned that God is extravagant, (laughs) she went extravagant. And that first design was going to cost $30 million. I said, Carolyn. Now, if, if this was the only thing I do, if Heritage of Faith Church was the only thing I did, then I'd be willing to spend $30 million on a new auditorium. But it's not the only thing I do. I have international offices. I have international ministry. I build orphanages. I build Bible schools. I, I, we, we're involved in things all over the world. Amen. So I, I don't see it as being practical to spend $30 million for a church auditorium. Not only that, but we would outbuild the neighborhood. So we have decided to go a different route. Okay. And I said, now, Carolyn, um, anywhere from 10 to $15 million, we'll, we'll go there. Make it happen. Amen. And I'm not saying that that's as high as I'll go, but to have a figure to shoot for, a target, praise God. Now, if anybody wants to sow $30 million, we'll build that other building, praise God. Okay? Hallelujah. But right now, we're looking at a building, that an auditorium that would cost anywhere from 10 to $15 million. And then along with that, we want to build a gymnasium and a family life center and uh, uh, be able to, to minister to all the population that is taking place around us. Once again, our theme, it's about the harvest. It's about the harvest. Have you noticed just since we started talking about a new building, how many houses have gone up around us? I mean, they're building everywhere. It won't be long. The property on both sides of this building and the in the uh, youth building, it'll be full of houses. As soon as they get their final approvals from the city, that's what they're waiting on. 
And, and, and Steve Hawkins is going to be raising those up just as, just as quick as he can. Okay. So it's about the harvest. So tonight we're going to sow our seed toward this next phase, which is the Heritage of Faith storage building. And we're also sowing our seed toward the manifestation of our year being maximum and highest level attainable. Can you say amen to that? Did you prepare your seed tonight? Amen. I got mine. I don't ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. I'm sowing a significant seed because there are things I'm believing for personally. This is my personal check. And uh, I'm believing for certain things personally this year. And this is my seed toward the maximum and the highest level attainable. Now, here's what we're going to do, how we're going to do this. We do this. We've done this in various meetings all over the world. We can do it decently and in order, and it won't take very long, but you just got to follow the instructions, okay? So what we're going to do is when you have your seed ready, you're going to, we're going to start with this section here. You're going to stand up and then go over to that wall and then one by one come down, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray. I'm going to pray a prayer up front that will cover all of us Lay hands on you, and then there'll be an usher here that you'll sow your seed in that container, okay? And then go back to your seat until we get everybody that wants to participate in it. You don't have to, and nobody's going to condemn you if you don't. Nobody's going to be angry with you if you don't. If you don't feel right about doing it, that's fine. That's fine. But I know this is how everything that I have acquired personally and everything I have acquired in this ministry has come. It's by sowing seed. And since it's worked all these years, I'm just going to keep on working it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right. Can somebody move this podium for me? And uh, if you have your seed ready, now, if you need an offering envelope, uh, there's one in front there and you can write, or put that seed in that envelope if you need to, or if you just have a check like this. Now, let's step down a little further, okay? Because I'm going to give them plenty of room right there. Uh, and hold on until we get ready to have you come up. So let's let's pray. Carolyn, would you come and hold hands with me? And you and I had our agreement. Okay, you... Oh, you're going to sow your seed first? All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over Carolyn's seed first. And in addition, I pray over my seed. We are demonstrating that we never ask others to do what we're not willing to do ourselves. Not only that, we're demonstrating the genuineness of our faith. And we know because of your word And we know through experience that this is how everything that we need or desire comes to pass in our lives. We sow a seed and our God brings the increase. Now I pray that over every person in here as Carol and I are joining hands and 
praying together. I pray that for every person in here tonight, that their seed is going to open the door to the miraculous and bring about maximum results and the highest level attainable in their lives this year. And Satan, I adjure you by Jesus of Nazareth. You keep your hands off their harvest. You have no part nor lot in this matter. And we rebuke you and we determine in Jesus' name right now that you have no place in this matter. And Jesus is going to see to it that as we are in agreement that the I am is in our midst and he is going to bring about the results that we desire. So we decree in Jesus' name, this is our night to go and do. And it is also our night to experience the breakthroughs that we are believing for. So we want to give you praise in advance right now. Come on, give the Lord your best, best shout. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, Pastor Justin and Annette. Other Heritage Faith staff members, we'd like to lay hands on you first. Okay. Let, let me lay your hands on you before you drop it in there. In the name of Jesus, so be it. In the name of Jesus, so be it. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, so be it. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Make it happen, Lord. In the name of Jesus, so be it in your lives this year. And we thank you for it. And she presses. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, so be it. In Jesus' name, so be it. Maximum, highest level attainable, so be it. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, turn around and face the camera. As I speak to the viewing audience who are seeing this on Facebook, live stream, either live right now or down the road a few days from now. In the name of Jesus, we as a congregation stretch our hands out toward you. And we're believing God that this will be your year, just like it'll be our year, to experience the maximum and the highest level attainable. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you want to do what we did tonight, and you want to sow a seed into this as a point of contact to release your faith, then look at the address, send it in, we'll lay hands on it, pray over you, and believe in Jesus' name that this year is going to be one of the most remarkable years you have ever experienced. Hallelujah. You're going to experience... Harvest like you've never experienced before. Hallelujah. We believe it. We decree it. And we give the Lord a shout for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God.
Hallelujah. If you are watching at home, thank you for joining us tonight. And you can go to hairjafade.com and go to the giving, uh, click on the giving button and there it'll walk you through, through some prompts where you can give and be a part of this offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Going to a higher level attainable. Going to the maximum. In every area of your life. You know, just some things that are in our hearts and we're excited about this year. Because like we said, we believe you're going to another level. That's why going to another level in your a maximum in your business. That's why we're going to be having kingdom builders again this year. Going to another level as a man. We're going to have some men's meetings throughout the year. Going to another level as ladies. There will be some ladies meetings throughout the year. But going to another level in your marriage. There will be some marriage things this year. Did you guys want to sell well, we don't want to prevent you from doing that. So even though you were busy leading us in praise and worship, if you're ready to sow, then come on down. Hallelujah. Yeah, some, some of you may have, family members have already sown. But I need to lay hands on you as well. Praise God. Stretch your hands out toward them. Don't they do a great job? We so, we so appreciate them. And... Uh, the anointing on their lives. So, Father, we as a, a church congregation, we stretch our hands out toward our praise and worship team. And as they sow their seed, we agree with them for maximum and the highest level attainable. Hallelujah. There'll be testimonies from this group. Some of them very, very soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we agree with them and lay hands upon them in the name of Jesus. And we decree, so be it in Jesus' name. So be it in Jesus' name. So be it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So be it in Jesus' name. You have been such a loyal, faithful young man to this church. I can't, I can't express to you enough how grateful I am for you. Amen. So I'm just asking the Lord to give you a double portion. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, man. This week, um, Eric, uh, Dean, we ministering the word this Wednesday. Also for the youth, if you're a youth here tonight, um, we have Rick Reyna will be ministering Wednesday night. So you don't want to miss that. That's going to be an awesome time. And also our apostle will be back with us next Sunday morning as well. Other than that, we love you. God bless and go give him Jesus.